want to talk to you today about how to build a strong faith. You might say to me, well, all right, every Sunday is about that. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing cometh by the word of God. And we are building your faith. But sometimes our faith not only cometh, but sometimes we feel it goeth. And we need to be sustained. And I want to preach into your heart today more than information. Here, it's very basic teaching, but I, I want impartation because there is a very, very special thing happening in the spiritual realm. There are corrosive and erosive forces making it harder and harder for us to stand strong today. But when the going gets tough, no, no, the men and women of faith stand up. <laughs> I set you up for that one. And um, it's rather like the uh, place that I know, Amanda and I know, on the Isle of Wight. That's where Amanda and I had our honeymoon in 1890. <laughs> 40 years ago. And uh, the place has changed uh, quite dramatically. And I would go year by year to help in a youth camp, and, and they would camp on this place called Wycliffe Bay. Tremendous times. And I noticed along the cliff edge, there were homes, many of them holiday homes, not very substantial, but they were adequate for the purpose, and others were full-on residential homes. But those cliffs have been dramatically eroded. Each year we would go, we'd find another few meters collapsed into the sea, and a house went with it, and more houses went with it. Until now, there are no more houses left on the cliff edge. The forces of erosion. And I believe, I'm sure you agree with me, that today there are many forces launched against us that seek to erode our faith. The people who built their houses weren't like building their houses on an unfirm foundation. All the houses were adequately founded, but what happens when the foundation itself, what that's standing on, is eroded. And so now in the generation in which we live, not only is the foundation being eroded, but that what is under the foundation is being attacked at every level. It is a spiritual battle. Now we have to face these facts, but thank God that he remains the truth, and the truth of God is more powerful even than observable facts. But the observable, observable fact is that there is a massive erosion of faith in British culture. 52% of people today, according to a recent British social attitudes survey, 52% of people today say they, they have no religion at all. Now, the untold story of those people is nobody simply turns away from a faith in God. They don't believe in nothing. They end up believing in anything. But uh, 1983, it was 31%. Now it's 52%. 
Same period, time ago, 66% of people in national surveys said, I'm Christian, 66%, 1983. Now it's 38%, it's almost halved. What is happening? All those years ago, 10% said, I'm an atheist. Now, 25% of the British population say they're atheists. A recent religious correspondent from The Guardian wrote an article, a challenging article, saying we have got to return to Christianity if Europe is to survive. Sounds like a very dramatic, you can find it online, and Harriet Sherwood is the name. And, and she said today that owning up to Christian faith is intimidating. Not only because the culture is so unsympathetic, but the, she goes on to talk about what can be described as the weight of responsibility that is on our shoulders and we don't feel adequate to the task. Why? Because we don't want the whole of Christianity to be judged by us or judged by our standard. In other words, they look at us and say, gosh, if you are an example of being, means being a Christian, I'm not so sure I want to be a Christian. And that actually is really an intimidation that comes straight from the pit of hell because we never preach ourselves. I don't preach myself, I preach Jesus Christ as Lord. And what I seek to model amongst my fellow colleagues though, and also others who are right outside the faith, I don't model perfection. I think I could pretend to be perfect for a split second. That's over. Time, time up. But you know no one's perfect. You know that I'm not. You know nobody is. And the closer you get to know somebody, the more you find out they have feet of clay. Well, don't be surprised my feet are feet of clay because I'm nothing but a jar of clay. And so are you. But we have this treasure inside us that the excellency of the power and the glory may be of God and not of us. And so I actually find it is easier to be yourself amongst your non-Christian friends. Not because you want to identify with them and do the things that they do secretly. No, it's because they get it. Sometimes we ought to improve our record here, but sometimes we are the most critical people that we know. And your Christian friends sometimes can be pointing the finger so easily where the Bible says, listen, help one another, love one another, encourage one another. The cell ministry in this church is 100% encouragement. And so I, I say to them, I said, you know what, I'm not, they said, we know you're not perfect. But I said, then you get it. You get it, don't you? Because we are all on a journey. We, we are disciples. Disciples are not yet the finished product. And, and here is what I believe I model, and I, I, I'm not being arrogant when you hear what I say. I believe I model this. I have so much passion for Jesus. And it, it, it's about the aspiration of my life. It's about the direction of my life. It's not about 
how far I've come, I have a long way to go. It's that I am going forward. And I have a long time ago decided that I will not stumble on things that are behind me. If you're going to stumble, it's usually something in front of you. You've got to be walking backwards to stumble on something behind you. So we're not going backwards or going forwards. So the past is the past. We put it under the blood of Jesus. We receive fresh grace for God from God today, and we move forward in God. So nevertheless, if we're not careful and we don't stand strong and make a very strong and concerted effort to build our faith and build a strong faith, then we'll find ourselves actually in difficulty. You know what people need today? They need people to say, listen, I don't believe in Christianity because it makes me feel good. I believe in Christianity because Jesus is good. I don't do it for what it gets to me. I do it for what it brings to God. And there can be no greater pleasure that we bring to God than when we walk in faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5 and 6. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it's impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. We need to move out of weak faith. Now, I'm not accusing you today. I'm not saying, oh, you bunch of weak believers. No, no, no. I am being real today in knowing that I need to focus not just on keeping my faith strong, but allowing my faith to grow stronger and stronger. Because everywhere there are those erosive forces. And, and social movement today is so far away from Christ that you often are an embarrassment to others when you name the name of Christ. But it's time to stop being embarrassed and say, I believe in Christ and I believe that he has the way, he is the truth and the only way to the Father. And I believe that God's way is best. It's best for me. It's best for you. You have to choose it. I'm not going to force it on you. But don't blame me if I choose to go God's way and not follow the crowd that you're following. Amen and amen? Okay, so there is a precondition, and there are two conditions in this. Let's get right down to the material. There is a precondition in order to build a strong faith, and there are two conditions that you must fulfill in order to build a strong faith. The precondition is, is that you want to draw near to God. And that tells you, that sets the tone for everything because faith is about relationship. It's about, it comes out of a desire to draw near to God, to approach God. 
to seek Him. There's a wonderful promise in John's Gospel that Jesus says when people were saying, well, how do we know we can believe you? How can we be sure that you are the one? And in John 7, verse 17, Jesus said, if anyone, anyone's will is to do God's will. In other words, if you really want to know God and to do his will, Jesus says, that person will know whether the, this teaching, my teaching is from God or whether I'm just speaking of my own authority. That's an amazing promise. And that's an encouragement to you. That you're talking to your non-Christian friends and they ask you all kinds of questions. And some of them you know the answer to. And they're not even listening to you anyway. They're thinking of the next question. Here's something to ask them. Hey, we, are, we can argue about this all day and I don't want to argue, but let me tell you something. If Christianity is true, if Jesus is everything he claims to be, would you follow him? And sometimes people expose themselves by saying, no, even if it were true, I wouldn't follow it. Now you know that person isn't seeking God. But if somebody genuinely comes to the point saying, I am wanting to know the truth. If this is the truth, I want it. Then you are ready, that they're ready. God will show himself. Yes, he will. And, and also, bearing in mind that we're talking to people today who are, I'm encouraging you to grow your faith. If you, if you really want more of God, if you really, really, really want more of God, you can have it. So it's what's going on in your heart. So the precondition is to have this desire. For some people, it might be a curiosity. For other people, it might be a, a deep, instinctive desire that, uh, and a knowledge that Jesus has the words of truth and the words of life. And even though you don't understand things, there are many things we don't understand. We know that there's nowhere else to go. Even if you kind of find yourself arguing against God, don't worry, tell him, he knows anyway. God, I don't understand you. Why did you do it this way? If I was in charge, I would do it another way and God would say, really? We don't have to understand everything. And there are things, there are doctrines in the scripture that I find difficult. But I know so little by comparison to what can be known about God that I am prepared to put my trust in the person of Jesus Christ and I know the one who is with me by faith will lead me in the walk of faith and one day I will know even as I'm known by him now. Have you got that precondition in your heart? A lot of the times, it's Sunday by Sunday. It's a good habit. Don't give it up. Do not neglect the assembling of yourselves together as is the manner of some. Keep coming. Keep coming. Don't miss a single cell group meeting. You can't afford it. Erosion is happening. 
be there. And when you're there, encourage one another. And when you come as you are today, I sense it, open-hearted, ready to receive more from God. I want more from Him. I want more from Him. Come on. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, you do. And I, and I do too. It's good when the preacher is eating his own food, isn't it? If you went into a restaurant and the head chef said, I would never touch that. Don't go there. That's the precondition. And really, if you get that right, the rest follows. Now, the two conditions, the two ways in which you build a strong faith. Number one, he says, he that comes to God, is approaching God, must believe that he exists. Oh, what a dangerous translation. Because it brings the philosopher out in me. I studied philosophy. Uh, so I could be talking about the existence of God. It's not talking about existence. It's talking about who he is. Not just that he is. Of course he is. Genesis begins with, in the beginning, God. God is. How do we God is. But it's, it doesn't say just in the beginning, God. It says, in the beginning, God created we know who he is by what he's done. We know who he is by how he's revealed himself. We know who he is. The scripture tells us who he is. Jesus shows us who he is. He is the almighty, all-powerful, all-loving, all-forgiving, all-giving God. And he is our father. So faith is all about focusing on God. Listen to this statement. It's a trick statement, so don't jump to conclusions before you hear the rest of it. Your faith does not save you. No. Jesus saves you in whom you have faith. Can you see the difference? So, you know, sometimes people try to build their faith by focusing on faith. <laughs> Focus on faith. Don't focus on your faith. Focus on Jesus. I've got such poor faith. I've got so well, just look at Jesus. When you see who Jesus is, your faith will grow because you realize that it's not about you or any mental attitude that you have or any knowledge that you have, although all that's good. It's about who he is. <laughs> Sometimes I got this thing in, in my own prayer life and I, I often quote it and, and it's like this. God is so big that there is no request of mine that stretches his adequacy. <laughs> but neither is he so big that the smallest detail of my life he is disinterested in. In other words, he's interested in the tiniest details. So sometimes I pray about small things and I think, oh, this is foolish. God's got other things to do and I'm supposed to be a great man of faith and I should be talking about China being saved, you know. And I talk about something very small. And I'm almost embarrassed because I think, you know, this is so small. But God reminds me that the hairs of my head are numbered. And yours too, sir. <laughs> it's easier for him to count your hairs than my hairs, but <laughs> that's just a description. <laughs> That's just a description of his knowledge of us intimately and personally. Amen, amen. It's okay to play. We're, we're here. We're in the family of God. This is home. I say so often, if I don't have fun in church meetings, I just don't have fun. 
because that's mainly what I do. Go to meeting after meeting. No, you see, God knows you so much and so well. And so <laughs> when you see him, you can ask him for big things. You can ask him for small things. And your faith grows when you have an ongoing, growing revelation of who God is. Secondly, believe that he is a rewarder of those who seek him out. Remember, this is about what is possible and what's not possible. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Now, there are many things that are possible to human beings. We can put man on the moon, bring him back 50 years ago. I wonder if we could still do it today. But anyway, that's, that's another story. And there are many things that we can do. Many, many things. But there is one thing that is beyond human ability. And that is to know God, to love God, and to have the deepest questions and longings and needs of your life satisfied in Him and what He chooses to provide for you. That is supernatural, supernatural. And we should not be intimidated by people who say, oh, that's just your opinion. It ain't my opinion. We believe in the glory of God. What is the glory of God? God's opinion counts infinitely. And when we link up with God's opinion, suddenly we are translated out of a world of nature and natural things into a supernatural realm in which the impossible becomes possible, the invisible becomes visible, the intangible becomes tangible. That's the walk of faith. And that's why God is wanting to stir this up in our lives. So we move out of human impossibility to the divine possibilities, and we need those kind of people today. Brexit! Remain. God help us, and he will. Do you have the answer? If you do, it's because you're probably too extreme on one view or the other. Ah, the answer is get out of that place as quickly as possible. Or the answer is do whatever you can to, to stay in. And with people with such different opinions, don't let people say that your faith in God is only a matter of your opinion. No, it is not. It is the revelation of ultimate reality God Almighty, who is your Father, and when you put your faith in Him, He lifts you up into that very same realm. Believe that He is all that He is. And then understand this. He's a good God. He's a rewarder. He's not a withholder. How I long to get people to believe this. Because even now in my own life, whenever I am struggling and I sit and say, come on, Colin, get with it, get with the program. And what is going wrong in my mind is often 
No, that's not fair. God, I want to do that. I want that. Why can't I have that? God, why don't you just give me what I want? God, you are, you are a little bit mean. You are, you are a withholder. In fact, you don't want what, what blesses me. You just want other things. And you can see how far I'm going. If I go any further, I'll fall off the edge. So let's, <laughs> let's, let's stick it back. Maybe this goes back to my childhood. I just had my grandson with me, and oh my, pray for him. Pray for him. When I look at him, I see myself. <laughs> 63 years ago. Ay, 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 ay. He's into everything. I hear the voice now. House would be quiet. When I was just a little kid in Africa, it's too quiet. What's wrong? <gasps> Find out what Colin's doing and stop him. <laughs> I haven't changed much. <laughs> but you know, that's the view we have of God. God's in and I say, oh, well, no, those people down there, they're enjoying themselves too much. Let's make a few more commandments. What are they doing? Chocolate cake. Oh, forgot that. Let's go back and write it in, the 11th commandment. Thou shalt not have chocolate cake. <laughs> I'm being ridiculous and, and trying to be amusing, so we, we lighten up a bit. We also see that, that God isn't about commanding stuff that would give us real joy and satisfaction and forbidding us from having it because he's mean. No. God gives us everything. And if there are any lines, boundaries, <laughs> and there are, those boundaries are there for our blessing and our good because God is a good God. Amen. You will never miss out going his way. I'm not saying it's going to always be fun and always easy. I find that when I take up my cross and follow Jesus, that it doesn't feel good. Boy, what am I saying? What am I saying? Following Jesus doesn't always feel good. How many know that what I'm saying is true? Oh, show, me, show your hands. I need some supporters here. Okay, so it's not just me. Uh, now, okay, long term, it, <laughs> all things work together for good, of course. Long term, long term, in the long run, we will not... Be sorry that we said no to junk when we see the pure gold that lies ahead. But in the kingdom of God, it is not always instant gratification. In fact, hardly ever. We have to be mature and say, God, I will trust you when I can't see the answer. I will believe you when people are telling me to curse God and die. I will trust you, whatever happens to me, you are good. Nobody else has that quality. You are Lord and you have the authority. And even if I don't understand it, and even if you don't wave a magic wand and make everything right in the next six seconds, I will still believe you. I suppose traveling in the East, some of the things like Aladdin and all that kind of stuff, come back to my mind, all these fables and fairy tales that you brought up with. 
Remember the story of the genie? Don't worry about it. It's an evil spirit, but this is, I'll show you how important it is to not let our minds be eroded by whatever culture is around us. Remember that? You rub the magic lamp and out comes a genie. It's actually a demon. So that's how dangerous this is. And this is what is the demonic element. The genie bows down to you and say, your will is my desire. That's the exact opposite. For a start, you don't rub anything to make God appear. He's here. And when we recognize his presence, we bow down and say, Lord, whatever you will, I desire. That's the reversal. And actually, that really is, is a very perceptive analysis of our culture. And we have to reverse it. Nothing will erode your faith more than the idea that God is there to serve you. We got it wrong. We're there to serve him. And by the way, in serving him, we find fulfillment and joy and everything else. But he is the Lord, not us. People try to make God out of their own image and say, oh, well, you know, social things, everything's changed, everything's changed now. So this used to be sin. It's not sin anymore. We have to accept this. We have to accept that and go with the flow. No, no, no. Those are the things that are going to erode your faith in the word of God and in the God of the word. And here's the, this is where the rubber meets the road. You have to believe if you're going to get near God that he knows best and you could pray a thousand times and it doesn't work out the way you wanted. Trust him that it's for the best. He knows. He's wise. I reckon there are people here today, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. And you found yourself thinking things like, it'd be okay if I wasn't a Christian. And you don't mean it, but that's going through your mind. If I wasn't a Christian, I could have done that deal. If I wasn't a Christian, I could have got that girl. If I wasn't a Christian, I could have made something of myself. But it's the stupid Christian rules that I've got to live pure, that I've got to be honest, that I've got to have integrity. No, no, no. Already now, when you push it, you realize how ridiculous it is. And you bring yourself back into line with the word of God. You say, God is a rewarder of those who seek him out, who diligently seek him, because God is faithful today, tomorrow, the day after tomorrow, from now until eternity. There is only one place to put your faith, and that is in the living God. Amen and amen. amen. And you know, when you walk with God, you've got good company. This is how you have the breakthrough. You know, I'm a professional scuba diver instructor. Bit, bit of, feel a bit fake saying it because I haven't done it for so long. I probably need to be retrained myself before I put one foot in the water. But I do have the qualifications. And in our training, we have all kinds of scenarios because safety first. And so they envisage scenarios, I've actually seen it once, where somebody is scuba diving underwater and they get caught in something, usually some kind of fishing net that's been abandoned or fishing wire. 
and uh, you're told what to do. You, you don't ever dive on your own anyway. You always got somebody with you. Hope you're not going the Christian life on your own. You need faith companions. You got one? If you haven't got one, find one. Haven't, haven't, don't know how to find one? Ask the ask me people. Ask me badge. How do I find a Christian companion? I'm not talking about romance now. That can come later. I'm talking about hooking up with somebody who's going to encourage you in the faith. Anyway, so they're called buddies, the buddy system. And everybody has a sharp instrument. Uh, it doesn't have to be a big thing, just a little knife. And, and so the first thing, you might get caught. Stop. Don't go any further. Don't try and free yourself because you will get yourself more and more entangled. And in fact, the more you struggle, the worse it gets. Hello? Have you experienced that? The more you struggle, the harder you try, the worse it gets. I, try, I tried, I'm so hard in the world. Of course, stop struggling. Let your buddy take over. Who's your buddy? The Holy Spirit. And he has the knife sharp enough to cut you free from anything you're entangled with. You can't do it on your own. Really, really, uh, this is so practical. I, I can't emphasize how practical it is. This is about when you're in a tight spot, you're struggling and you know it's beyond you and you know it's beyond you because the harder you try, the worse it gets. Stop struggling. Hand over to your buddy, Mr. Holy Spirit. Let him help you. Uh, doesn't it say there's nothing for you to do? Of course there's something for you to do. But when he takes over, he will give you the ability to do what you couldn't do before. And there is such a load off. Remember Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. One of the reasons people are, get so discouraged is because they try and try and try and it gets worse and worse and worse. They feel so bad, so unworthy, and they can't even show their face in church. And sometimes if they do, they say, where have you been? What do you mean, where have I been? Where have you been? You haven't been here for six weeks. I'm here now, yeah, but where have you been? Wait a bit. If you know what was going on in my life, you would not be so harsh with me. You would say, great to see you. Let's have some chicken and jollof rice after the... <laughs> where did that come from? I read the menu. Sorry. Sorry. It's here. Are you with me? Have I said enough? Have you got it? There's no good going on. If you got it, say amen. amen. Let, 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 me, let me round up and, uh, and say this. What, what, what are we saying today? Listen, all the good things, everything that is good comes from God. You don't look within to find the answers. Look up that God is the answer to all of the ultimate needs and questions of your life. That goes right against culture, which says, oh, the answer is within. No wonder people are confused. Second thing in coming to land, let's really, really crack this one. My life in Christ is not ultimately about what makes me feel good. That's right against our culture. How dare you stop me? Why? Because I like it. Because you like it? 
What about God? He's worse than you. If he wants to stop me having fun, he wants to stop me fulfilling myself, he wants to, then so much the worse for God. No, no, no. We've got to demonstrate that we live for God's glory and for his pleasure, not ours. And without faith, it's impossible to bring in pleasure, to please him. How much does it please him when he sees, look at that person, they're stuck on every side, they have no idea what's going on, I know what's going on, but I'm not going to tell them because I want them to trust me anyway. And you will not miss out, not in this life or in the life to come. Can you believe that? That's the gospel. And it comes down to how we honor him. It's not about what makes me feel good. It's about what pleases him and faith pleases God. And finally, that's why we want to walk with him. That's why Enoch walked with God. Such a close, intimate relationship. And one day, on one of these daily walks, Enoch said, well, I suppose I better be getting back. And God says, not today. Keep on walking. And he went right up into heaven. God said, I'm longing for my kids to come home. Enoch, don't go home today. Come home with me. Walking with God is the same as a walk of faith. And we want to because it pleases him. That's how you grow a strong faith.